Hi, I'm Tyra G., your host for Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Welcome again to our virtual global gathering of phenomenal women and those who love you. Fearsome and generous, humble and honest, in pursuit of new possibilities and purpose. You know we dig deep and we come up strong. We bravely walk into places where tradition has taught us there's some things we just don't talk about. But not at this table. And no matter how hard judgment knocks, it can't come in. Beloved, here we live beyond the wreckage. Every week, we experience, educate, encourage, and empower each other. We share aha moments and stories that have been left in our pockets for too long. Every week, we start right where we are. I am so excited about how the show is progressing. We're celebrating the fourth year proof that dreams can come true. Frankly speaking with Tyra G is one of my most priceless dreams. I thank God for every remembrance of you and your gifts of ideas, your presence, your encouragement. They are the gifts that inspire. I can't do this show without you. Thank you so much. You're listening to Radio Fairfax in Fairfax, Virginia, on your TV, computer, or mobile device. And we are webcast worldwide on the Internet at www.radiofairfax.org every Saturday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Should you miss us, no worries. You can catch our archive podcasts where you listen to your favorites. Just key in, frankly speaking, with Tyra G. Podcast. And if you feel like checking in with me offline, that's easy too. Email me at tyra at tyragarlington.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you, Courtney Nero, for composing and performing our Frankly Speaking theme song. And for naming it, I'm listening. This week, we're going to focus on us. We're returning to our theme, This Is Us. Yes, us, phenomenal women everywhere. And yes, we are everywhere. We're amazing just as we are. We're stronger than we feel, smarter than we know, more beautiful than we believed, and more loved than we can ever imagine. Actually, we had no choice. 200,000 to 400,000 sperms strategized and fought to determine who each of us would become. Our first cry was, I am woman, hear me roar. And wait, nobody even taught us how to cry. Although we all come with some, some of the same attributes, we also are designers originals. Beyond fingerprints, we are unique. We have unique tongues, voices, tokens, prints, teeth, retina, even how we walk, and so much more. And then there are our lens through which we see our mental and emotional mirrors. Now there's some good and bad mixed in with that, depending on where we are and how much we understand that we are worthy. So, In order to create our common thought space today, I want to share one of my favorite poems about women by Sarah Kay from her book, 
no matter the wreckage. She begins with a quote from Richard Sykin. Everyone needs a place. It shouldn't be inside someone else. The name of the poem is The Type, and I quote, If you grow up the type of woman men want to look at, you can let them look at you. Don't mistake eyes for hands or windows or mirrors. Let them see what a woman looks like. They may not have ever seen one before. If you grow up the type of woman men want to touch, you can let them touch you. Sometimes it's not you they're reaching for. Sometimes it's a bottle, a door, a sandwich, a Pulitzer, another woman. But their hands found you first. Do not make the mistake of a guardian or a muse. Excuse me, do not mistake yourself for a guardian or a muse or a promise or a victim or a snack. You are a woman, skin and bones, veins and nerves, hair and sweat. You're not made of metaphors, not apologies, not excuses. If you grow up the type of woman men want to hold, you can let them hold you. All day they practice keeping their bodies upright. Even after all this evolving, it still feels unnatural. Still pulls tight the muscles, strains the arms and spine. Only some men want to learn what it feels like to wrap themselves into a question mark around you. Admit they do not know the answers they thought they would have by now. Some men will want to hold you like the answer. You're not the answer. You're not the problem. You're not the poem or the punchline or the riddle or the joke. Woman, if you grow up the type of men want to love, you can let them love you. Being loved is not the same as loving. You will fall in love. It is the discovering of the ocean after years of puddle jumping. It is realizing you have hands. It is reaching for the tightrope when the crowds have all gone home. Do not spend time wondering if you're the type of woman men will hurt. If he leaves you with a car alarm heart, you may learn to sing along. It is hard to stop loving the ocean, even after it has left you gasping salty. Forgive yourself for the decisions you've made, the ones you still call mistakes when you tuck them in at night. And know this, phenomenal women, hear this. Know you are the type of woman who is looking for a place to call yours. Let the statues crumble. You've already been the place. You are a woman who can build it yourself. You were born to build. Do you hear me? We, we, phenomenal women, we were born to build. My guest today understands what I've just read to you. She's a retired nurse, an artist extraordinaire, a self-care influencer, to me a breath of fresh air. Her faith has helped her achieve the status of overcomer. Her code word is resilience. And I believe by the end of the show, you will understand. I want you to welcome Ms. Linda Mann, joining us from Palaka, Florida. Linda, I want you to take the mic, introduce yourself in your own words to our audience. And as you do so, you'll be creating the next entry in our Frankly Speaking Human Library. The mic is yours. 
Thank you, Ms. Tyra. I am so honored to be here with you and your audience this evening to have a chance to impart some of my thoughts uh, that will hopefully bring some hopefulness, some joy into someone's life this evening. So I was thinking of, oh gosh, how do you even start a conversation with Ms. Tyra? <laughs> She's had so many conversations over time with so many wonderful people. But um, I wanted to kind of focus in on resilience after tragedy, because I think this kind of is the arc of my life. And uh, it's funny how sometimes the worst things in your life can create the biggest gifts that you can give to others. And so that word resilience in my mind is the ability to recognize when we need to change and have the courage to implement a plan or take steps to bounce back, to always be seeking a path forward toward balance and wellness. And I'll just describe um, briefly uh, the, the kind of idyllic family life that I had until the age of 15 when my, uh, my own family had a tragedy that propelled the trajectory of my life in a totally different way than I would have uh, thought would ever be. Um, in 1971, when I was 15, my dad and my sister were instantly killed in a car accident. And, uh, you know, it was a head-on uh, tractor-trailer. No, no way out, right? <laughs> and so um, your world spins out of control. Uh, not only for myself, but for my mom, my brother, actually our whole community, because my dad and my parents were both very involved in community building in our school. Um, my dad was a phys ed teacher and a coach. And so um, in a small town, that that's an, impacts a lot of people. But uh, the word resilience is something that has always kept me going because I recognize that no matter what happens to you, there's a way for you to turn sorrow into motivating your whole life ahead of you to serve other people and, and do become what, what your purpose really is in this world. So, um, with that said, I, I kind of think about resilience in a way visually that helps me maybe um, get other people to understand wh what that means to me. So in 1972, I don't know if you remember, the, um, the Summer Olympics had the star of the show, Olga Corbett, Mm -hmm. on the balance beam and the uneven parallel bars. Yep. And I was at the same age, and I loved gymnastics class. It was one of my favorite parts of physical education. I couldn't wait for gymnastics to be the next thing on the, on the schedule, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was glued to the television while the Olympics were going on, and I could not believe what I was seeing. Here was a girl the same age as I was, and she was master of the balance beam, master of the uneven parallel bars. 
And um, so she's been one of my heroes along with my parents because they instilled in me all kinds of just really important uh, core values in my, in my early years of living. Um, I use this analogy of a balanced being to um, indicate that if we look at that four inch wide solid piece of wood and call it a wellness beam, mm. the front end of the beam, of course, is when we're born, mm-hmm. and the other end is death. And in between, I feel like it's our responsibility to keep that wellness in our lives, the center of what we strive for. And that means body, mind, and spirit. Mm. So if we are training and we are disciplined and we have grit and we can master the balance beam of wellness, then we can have a beautiful life filled with happiness and joy. Does that mean we're always going to stay on the four-inch balance beam? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Life is never that easy, right? Yeah. So the hurricanes, the hurricanes and the storms come, right, Tyra? Oh, we know that. Yes, we live that. Yes. Yeah, and so when that happens, if we're grounded in God, and we're grounded in those core values that come from family and community. Then when the hurricanes come or someone drags us off the balance beam or we decide to jump off the balance beam because <laughs> we think there's something better on the ground. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so I love that visual of the balance beam. And I'm always trying to balance my sense of wellness with body, mind, and spirit in my life. And I think, um, when I explain that to my students as a health educator, or I would talk to patients about being able to maintain a level of wellness mm-hmm. by teaching them the skills they needed to care for themselves as a diabetic or whatever it is. I think if we kind of keep that balance being in mind and any time we start to feel like something is lacking, whether it's a simple good night's sleep Mm-hmm. or better nutrition, or more prayerful meditation time for our own soul, we need to be intentional about checking in with ourselves first. Mm. Because if we're not, you know, if we're not well mm-hmm. in our own responsibility to ourselves, it's hard to bring the best that we can to others. You know, so um, my journey, yeah. I was just, I was just thinking. Let me take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of a quote that I heard Alex L. Uh, say on uh, Krista Tibbet, and it was, self-awareness has to be the key mm-hmm. component of self-care. So I'm hearing you say the same thing. Be in tune with who you are. Like, um, I think she also said something like, I had to get to know who I was and what that meant. So I hear her saying we have to be focused inward and when we get whatever needs to be in balance inward, we can give outwardly. Am I getting close to what you might be talking about? Absolutely. Yeah, it's just a, a different um, a different take on the same thing and a different way of saying it. And, you know, I had a dance instructor one time um, 
who, if he couldn't get me to understand what he wanted me to learn in a step, uh-huh. he would teach me a different way, or he would say it with different words. And so I think if we're always seeking, if our curiosity is there and we're always seeking an answer, we will get it somewhere from someone uh, if we don't get it from one book or from one sermon or mm-hmm. from one friend, if we are always seeking, the answers will eventually fall into place for us. And I think that's what resilience is, is kind of centered around. It's centered around curiosity mm-hmm. to make ourselves better, to go forward, and then to impart what we learned about ourselves and, and help others. Absolutely. So I think we, we need to always be, yeah, always be checking in on where we at our, with ourselves and, and staying centered on that balance beam of wellness. Now, based so on what I know yeah. about you, I want you to answer this question. What if we blow it? Are we, are we supposed to forgive ourselves? Are we supposed to just blow it off? What are we supposed to mm-hmm. do to move to that next level? Because I know personally... I have wanted to do that in my mind, but my behavior wasn't aligned for whatever reasons, and I sometimes got stuck between my no longer and my not yet. I knew I should be over here, but I was over there. Mm-hmm. And my journey, yeah. the, you know, the whole, uh, my curiosity, uh, my seeking was confused, so I just stopped. I got stuck. So, um, yes. What what would you suggest, or how do you? I know what I had to do, and it was painful for a while until I figured out it was okay, you know, to be wherever I was. I was on a journey. How do you talk about that? Right. I have been there. I have um, banged my head against the wall many times trying to understand myself and not figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And then finally realizing, I think really, I'm just going to say this because I finally started to listen to the still small voice that was telling me where I should be going. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Uh And to stop doing what I was doing to myself, self-destructive things that the world was telling me, oh, this is what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. When if I centered myself in what I knew was right for me as a godly person that I would have to change my direction. I would have to seek a way to recognize and forgive myself and ask for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And somehow, you know, it all culminated for me, Tyra, when I was in my Mm forties, I started going to a specific church and something clicked for me. Like I was hearing God's word. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was really hear- hearing it, <laughs> you know. And um, it doesn't mean that I didn't, you know, make mistakes after that. It just means that an awareness, an awakening was happening. Like I was seeking in a different direction. And um, I think that for me, I've, I've always had faith. I've always known God, but I've not had a personal relationship with God my whole life. There you go. Um, I, there you go. Yeah, I kept yeah I kept him at a distance, and the world had me had me captured. And so now, 
I feel that um, God is faithful to me 100% of the time, and I try to be faithful to my God, too, you know, because what else is there in the end when we get to the end of the balance beam? <laughs> yes. You know, it's like, you know, it's which could happen any it, minute. Absolutely. Really. Well, but, you know, you know so, I like I like what you said, and I'm interrupting you because you it, you're just so full of wisdom. And I don't you know, like, OK, I'm going to interrupt. All right. You said to me, you said just now you had been in church, you'd heard sermons you knew that God existed, but uh, like many people, we get stuck at the horizontal thing. Church is a is a brick and mortar, and an hour or two once a week, maybe Bible study. And when things open up for us, is when we see that God is vertical, and it's mm-hmm. about our relationship with Him. And when we get into that relationship, him like a father and we like a child, he understands we're going to blow it, you know. That's why we have the ability to ask for forgiveness. So I don't want us, you know, just to walk over that because um, everybody does not have the same experience with their faith. Everybody is not on the journey at the same pace. But it's okay where you are as long as, like you said, you are moving as long as, what is your key word? You're transitioning, you're awakening. These are yeah. some, yeah. As long as something is happening so that you see, I wasn't, I wasn't the same as I was a week ago. Something has happened to move, to let me take a step. And it doesn't have to be a big one. But um, right. the question I want to put in here, as I totally interrupted you, was how do we as women help one another when we see one of us is stuck. Mm. We did that last night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think just being present with someone that you know you can trust your emotions with Mm -hmm. is key. And I think that just comes with um, spending time with someone, getting to know their character, Uh, how they look at the world um, and to be a good listener and and really it doesn't take much for someone to be able to open up to you if you can be a trusted soul and they know that you're not going to judge them and I think um, being present to me is the core is the critical part Um, there are times when I see people either grieving or in crisis and sometimes I've done this with younger women uh, when I'm mentoring I just show up you know and and they said well Star you are always here Mm mm-hmm yeah why Mm -hmm. because I love you and eventually Mm -hmm. they begin to understand wait a minute she's still here she cares and then at some point, well, Tyra, Miss Tyra, what do you think about this? And, you know, they realize they can trust me. Then we begin to build a relationship where we can exchange strength, exchange weakness, exchange values, and move forward together. And I think um, what you're saying, being present, you got to be there. But you got to be there in yeah. a way that you're not lecturing, you know, like you're not threatening. You just are. 
You just mm-hmm. are. Yeah. And we just. Mm. Yeah. You, you. I think. Um, go ahead. Well, I, that served me well in my professional career, too, Tyra, just to come into a community as. Um, as a teacher, as a health educator, as a nurse, uh-huh. and not being from that community and not not um, not knowing whether I would be accepted in that community. Mm-hmm. And somehow when you show parents that you will go 100% with whatever it takes to care for their child, mm-hmm. and you do that repeatedly because that's what you want to do not because that's what you're getting paid to do Mm -hmm. they they sense that they know that they learn to trust you and then you are accepted and so it's the same in a personal relationship um you have to just be there and be honest and be open and be able to let that person trust you and then they can start to open up and heal and I think that happened for me too you know there's there's certain people uh, that were present in my life that I can thank that in very small ways something along the way was another nugget to help help peel back the layers of wall that go up when you're traumatized mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know you have to you have to be in a trusting uh, relationship for the, for that vulnerability to happen and for the layers to peel away for healing to happen. Who were the um, such who, such tenderness? You know, <laughs> I do, and I do, and and I know you said the thing I liked, and you and I were talking before we uh, began the show about a tragedy, and I mean, I tried to make the show not uh, time dependent, but my heart has been so sad since yesterday Uh, I was an elementary school teacher and then principal and my life my life is about children and we had a tragedy yesterday where 19 children second third and fourth graders and a teacher two teachers were shot where parents couldn't recognize their children's faces and what I went to immediately was that's a tragedy that's horrible but the impact of that that was that was the core as you spiral out there are children everywhere that are being traumatized at some level where do they get safety how do they know safety I was listening to a um, a psychiatrist talk about how to help children uh, grieve through this and it it goes back to another show that I had done children lie to us sometimes saying they're okay because they don't want us to be upset to know that they know what's going on and um when you were talking about your loss your your trauma i wanted to go back to who were your heroes and sheroes who were the people that were present for you and your mom and your brother who helped you through that that season i mean I can't imagine. Who was there for you? What did you do? Linda? Are you there? 
Miss Tyra? Yeah, we got disconnected. I don't, yeah, I don't know how that happened. You know what? We're not going to worry about it. Where did you, we were talking about uh, being present. When did you last hear me speak? This is so fun because I don't edit my show. Now, people can understand this. <laughs> There is no perfection. You know, I always said, I want to have a show where people call in, you know, where I have someone else in the studio that can help me work the board and all. And I want people to understand when I get that show, we're going to mess up like that, too. So here we are. We're working. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, you would you would have thought a cat stepped on my phone and disconnected, but I don't have a cat. So I have something to say about that. <laughs> Well, one thing we know, this is what I like. What we're talking about is relationship right now. We're talking about two yeah. women, two women who have a goal to spend time, to spend 58 minutes together to push something out that is hopeful and helpful and empowering to our audience so that somebody, some one person somewhere can be inspired. And what we just did was demo how imperfect, how perfectly imperfect we are. Okay, so what we said, exactly, and nothing will stop us. Nothing will stop us. <laughs> and we're gonna keep on going. Yes, we are. We're gonna have this show no oh, matter what. Anyway, that's right. We were talking about, and I had a little sermon going, and you weren't even on the show. I was doing it all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, well, I was I was referencing, sadly, the tra the tragedy of yesterday oh, and yeah. why I was so impacted and then I was going back to you started out with understanding what a crisis like that can do losing your uh, father and I mean just I was asking you who were your heroes and your she who were the people who were present in your life that helped uh, your brother and your mother uh, and you move through the loss of your sister and your father? Who was there for you? How did that happen? Yeah, um, uh, my, both my parents come from large families of 10 children. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, lots of aunts and uncles, lots of cousins. And uh, that was always, you know, a big part of what my family was about were family gatherings and okay. Mm -hmm. community and all that so um there was all that support and i think the the personal journey that each person has to walk after a tragedy of of whatever magnitude um is really a personal journey you know it's different for everyone i i remember you know for my mom uh, she, I think she, she felt very um, alone. A lot of, a lot of it. Here she was, a 35-year-old woman with two teenagers to raise on her own, and mm -hmm. her world just crumbled. Mm -hmm. And she, she became very depressed for, you know, on and off uh, for a lot of her life. Um, she had psychiatric care that helped her with uh, counseling and medication and things like that. But I remember. A lot of it is very fuzzy because it was so um, so difficult. And yes. my second year, I think it was my no, my first year in nursing school after high school. Um, I remember coming home. My mom had remarried, 
And my stepdad said, well, we need to go to the hospital to see your mom. I said, why, why is my mom in the hospital? Nobody told me she was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And she had tried to commit suicide. You know, mm. she was so depressed. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and I felt as the, 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 um, the oldest child, you know, how that goes. You're the one that's mm-hmm. supposed to, like, care, take care of everything now. So um, I didn't know how to how to deal with that or take care of my mom I I was um, just trying to deal with life as a a college student and figure out what I was supposed to be uh, doing with my life Mm -hmm. but thankfully I was on a I I call it my autopilot years where the upbringing that I had uh, propelled me forward so that I could just keep going one day at a time and do what I knew my parents expected me to do, which was to um, get through college and make a way um, to take care of myself in my life and take care of others, you know, as a nurse. So um, I think the first time I was really seeking help was, I remember our church had a, a Bible study for uh, high school kids and I remember going there, and this was after uh, the death of my dad and my sister, mm-hmm. and I was so seeking answers. I, I wanted to know why God would allow this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there were <laughs> there were no answers. There was no answer for that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, there was a level of uh, just seeking and frustration right. and anger and all of the stages that you go through. And then my second year, in nursing school, I had to take a class on thanatology, the um, on death and dying. Mm-hmm. And Kubler Ross yes. had just um, her her book had just come out on death and dying and the stages of mm-hmm. grieving. Mm-hmm. And I I would say that that book was instrumental in helping me understand what I was feeling and what my mom was going through. And that it was not an isolated thing that we were feeling, that anyone that has had tragedy and loss is going to go through a period of time where everything is spinning and your emotions are in topsy-turvy. And Tyra, it took me 20 years to go to the grave site to say my goodbyes. 20 years. (laughs) I mean, really? Yes. Well, there were circumstances. Yes. Circumstances that, yeah, you know, circumstances that created that. But um, along the way, I always felt like I was seeking answers from God. And I think that because I was always seeking, He was always there. Mm-hmm. I just had to set myself aside and just reach out for Him, for seek, God to be there for me. Seek and you will find knock and it will open absolutely absolutely now what i want to really uh underline in what you just shared with us is several things one none of us ever are alone no matter how much it feels that way number two you are not the only one you are not Mm -hmm. the only one that these things are happening to although you may feel that way as well Linda just said it took her 20 years to visit the gravesite. I have yet to go back to my parents' gravesite. Mm. And I hold that because I want to keep them, I, both of them, I nursed till the end. And that was 
I think I grieve during those periods as well as after. But I hold mm-hmm. uh, their living. I can't go to a monument uh, of their. I can't do that. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll ever change. I don't know if I'll ever go. But the bottom line is I don't stop in that space because there's. I talk to them daily. I think it's probably a good mm-hmm. thing I live alone because people, who are you talking to? You know, mm-hmm. and I'll say, Mom, mm-hmm. you know what? I can see you right now. Mommy said, saying, girl, don't do that. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh, I keep them alive because I have to. I have to. And that's my way of doing it. So you are not alone. You are yeah. not the only one. And there's no judgment in your journey. Remember what right. I said in, in the poem? You know, your mistake is a mistake. Put it to bed, let it go to sleep and die, okay? And learn from it. So, uh, and you had, you were talking about going to church and seeking. I want us to constantly remember the fact that, that Linda's talking about her resilience is related to an ongoing process. It is not an event. Everything she's telling us, or everything I'm hearing, is that she has moved through through her life, through, not around, not behind, not not above, but through. And on that journey, several things happen to her. But the thing I keep hearing her say is constantly seeking, constantly seeking. And I wanna I wanna um, not park where we are because there's a side of her I want you to know before this show is over. And that is mm-hmm. her, really, the fact that she is an artist extraordinaire. And I have to tell you, I did not know how extraordinaire she was because her artistry is on several levels. And I'm going to have her tell you about why she put it together, but also I want her to be sure and give you her Instagram um, address because it's funky over there. <laughs> <laughs> So we've got we've Thank got you, about you. I mean, you got to make it live for them. Okay, tell them why does that Instagram pop like it does, and what do you mean you're painting furniture? Yeah, well, you know, I think I have this huge lobe that my husband constantly complains about. It's my creative lobe, <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, it it gives me such joy. Um, to be at a point in my life where I'm past the hustle and bustle of, you know, the career that I had, which, you know, um, was a gift to me to be able to do what I did for all those years and take care of so many uh, precious people in my path along my nursing career and so forth. But now I get to play a little more, and I love the ability to call myself an artist Mm. and you know it was um i was holding back tyra i was holding back i was like what do you mean you're you're not an artist oh yes you are oh yes you are oh yes you are (laughs) you know and one day i just gave myself permission to start calling myself an artist and so i became one (laughs) and see the thing about it is say that again say that again you were thinking yeah, of I gave yourself myself permission. There you go. To call myself an artist, you know, and um, uh, so I I had always uh, enjoyed uh, different mediums of of painting and 
a painting on wood, and my mom had introduced me to toll painting classes after a second divorce. She's like, come on, you need something to do. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a passion can be created out of uh, something that someone else senses in you. So if you see something in yourself that you're curious about, explore it. Yes. So it's been an exploration for me, and I've just turned it into a small business. Mm-hmm. I love creating artwork on furniture, beautiful pieces of furniture that I turn over into a, a kind of an artistic flair. And then I started creating on canvas. Mm-hmm. So I would go to Goodwill because I like to be thrifty and recycle, you know, <laughs> uh, being the vintage soul that I am. And um, uh, just using the, the uh, previously painted or, or prints on vinyl and turning them into an original original canvas piece and I've actually sold some and I'm like wow that's fabulous <laughs> somebody somebody wants to look at my artwork and take it home with them I was just a, I was just like so excited but um anyway I think um that's one of the things that you have to allow yourself to do is is to rest to let your mind get to a level where you can be creating things because creativity and beauty is a very healing thing. And I call it paint therapy when I go in my studio. Mm, I mm-hmm. put on, you know, beautiful music and I've, I live in an area where there's a lot of nature and that is an inspiration to me, beautiful sunsets and mm-hmm. they're in my head, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I've enjoyed gardening before, so I, I have those flowers embedded in my mind that I can try to transform to a piece of artwork. And it just gives me such joy. And I think that really we're supposed to live in joy. And that should be our intention, to have a life filled with happiness and joy. And that doesn't mean tragedy doesn't come along. Right. But I think that if we can always be mindful of trying to get back on balance, find joy after tragedy, and allow ourselves the time and rest to heal, then we can be useful to others also and inspire them. So part of my little Instagram world Mm -hmm. is to try to inspire other women that may be in retirement and think to themselves, oh, you know, I can't be stylish anymore. I've got wrinkles. I've got well, you know, I've learned how to use a filter on my camera, so my wrinkles aren't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I love to dress up and put my lipstick on because most days I'm in my paint clothes looking like, you know, um, <laughs> I would never want anybody to see me in, in, in that mode of operandi, but that's okay. You know, my closest friends have seen me in my paint clothes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's so special about your images and... uh for my listening audience, uh, Linda happens to be beautiful. And it's oh, obvious, it's you. like, um, I like to have play dates, you know, I collect dolls, yeah. I do, you know, and I go into that zone and I'm happy. I like to decorate in my house and I'm happy. Well, tell them, yeah. tell them if they click, first of all, tell them the name of your Instagram, your address, and then I want you to tell them something else. What's the name? How do you sure. get Sure. Yeah, I'm on I, I'm on Instagram at Mossy Oak Paintbrush. <laughs> so we live under these beautiful oak trees here in northeast Florida mm-hmm. and they have the Spanish moss hanging from them. So the name of my business is Mossy Oak Paintbrush. 
And um, yeah, so I try to embed some vintage wisdom along with my uh, artwork. Mm -hmm. And that's just my way of maybe um, putting a smile on someone's face in the morning when they hear my voiceover where I'm trying to impart a message that, hey, I'm so thankful that I'm here today. I, I, I'm, you know, looking at the baby cardinals in the nest outside my front door, mm -hmm. and I want to share that with you. Or, you know, I've got to get busy painting, cleaning furniture today, but I'm happy about it. <laughs> so uh, just kind of, um, it's, it's kind of a snapshot of how I live my life right now. Well, give um, us an example of, okay, first of all, I'm going to, I'm going to blow the thing behind each image of her furniture is music and lyrics uh so you're going to have a multimedia experience and then you may see a shot of her her face it appears here and there but i want you to tell them uh what would happen with your um your your wisdom um your wisdom reels what do you call it you're something yeah. yeah, I call it uh, hashtag vintage wisdom. Yes, yes. So sometimes I feel inspired to impart something. Um, so I just go ahead and make a little reel with my little voiceover and put some music behind it. My husband goes, how did you do that? <laughs> I said, well, honey, I have a secret little um, <laughs> a studio crew behind me in my studio, you know, and they come out and they do the special lighting. And <laughs> Give us an example. Give us an example. Um, oh gosh, uh, well, one recent uh, photo that I took of myself um, was inspired because I just wanted to show my whole face. Okay. And the reason, yeah, the reason I wanted to do that is because I had just been listening to the news and I was hearing that uh, news reporters in Afghanistan, women, mm -hmm. uh, were going to have to cover their faces again. And that just you know, it, it just infuriated me in, in in this day and age that a woman would be made to do anything that was not um, of her belief system. That why, uh, and and this is this this is a, a government edict, a, a yeah. command by yep. their government, not by a religion, not by a belief that this reporter these reporters have. It's they are being told you are a woman and you must cover your face. To That's me, right. as an American woman. I am, you know, infuriated by that. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to take a picture of my face and I'm going to label it hashtag tag uncovered. And I'm going to tell my friends on the comments that the reason I'm doing this, the reason you're seeing my face today with my lipstick on and my face fully shown mm -hmm. is because I am thankful that I live in a nation where I have the freedom to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know uh, the god-given right that every woman should have and if if she has a belief system <clears throat> around a religion that's obviously something that would be her choice also mm -hmm. uh, to, to cover her face if she felt that that was a belief that she had regarding her religion I, you know that's a whole nother ball of wax but, but what um, you did, what you did was you took an event, an event, and you had a visceral mm -hmm. reaction to it, and you yeah. went inside that creative sphere that you live in, and you said, okay, yeah. I'm going to do something dramatic that is the opposite of what they're able to do, and I'm going to let them know I get it, I don't like it, 
And hey, you out there, all of us phenomenal women, we should not like it either. And you just did that with like a little sentence going, you know? I thought yeah, that was Yeah, and kinda... you know, the, the funny thing is, um, Tyra, I hesitated. Did you? And, and I, yeah, I hesitated. I'm like, well, I don't want to ever offend anyone, or I don't want to say the wrong thing and give the wrong message. But I really try to think about what I'm putting out there and mm-hmm. always have create a sense of caring and standing up for what I believe is what what God's vision of um, what we should be thinking about might be, you mm-hmm. know, like stand up for each other. That's right. And, care and you about do that. Yeah, that. That kind of thing. You're doing yeah, that, but, you know? Yeah, you know, it comes it comes um, because of my empathic nature. I think mm-hmm. uh, it took me a long time to be uh, empowered with my own voice and be able to set boundaries for myself with others. Good for you. And, yeah, and, I mean, like I'm I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm sitting here right now, going, "Yeah, it's your birthday. Good, Linda. That was great." <laughs> I'm applauding you yeah. in my own way. I'm oh, applauding you. you. I am. And I'm looking at yeah, I'm looking at Tyra. the clock. I just I am mm. I know. I know. It's too fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to ask you to um help our audience know you a little differently. And now they see the artist or they feel the artist extraordinaire. They feel the overcomer influencer. They feel the uh, giver in the teacher, the nurse. Now let them see what you would say to a younger version of you. Would you do that for us? I will. I have a letter to my younger self, Mm -hmm. and it says, Dear Lenny, hello there. I see you, quiet, diligent, obedient, shy, having your responsible place as the oldest child, always helpful, loving your cats and being a bit of a tomboy running through the creek and playing flag football with the neighborhood crew until the streetlights pop on at dusk, being besties with your little sister, hours of Barbie villages in the basement, and tolerating your brother who's a pain just because he's a boy. Living in that perfect American family with a secure home and absolute love. I am thankful that you have deep family roots and stability. Roots that despite an unforeseen upheaval at your tender age of 15, nonetheless are so deeply planted that God's divine plan for you cannot be altered. You are destined to do good in the world. You may lose your grounded self along the path of life with the world enticing your core values and testing your moral code to a worldly wobbling. But ultimately, the autopilot of your program, the Holy Spirit instilled by your heroes, your parents, will serve you well. I am proud of the nurse, the teacher, the artist, the esthetician you will become, never allowing yourself to be vulnerable to another having to care for you. Your fierce independence is your strength and your weakness, but God's hand reaching out 
keeps you seeking your true self and your journey will continue. There will be a time after you have cared for so many for you to care more for yourself, to reflect, to create new neural pathways, to set boundaries without guilt, to soften your heart to yourself, to trust God 100%. You will find your way back to you. You are braver than you know. Go about living with intention of pursuing joy. The world needs the light from your smile and the love from your heart. So go shine. Much love, your future self. Oh, dear Linda. <laughs> First of all, that was so special. It was inspirational and... um it was a word that all of us need from time to time. I'm so grateful. I am so grateful to you for being here. Um, I think this is because this show turned out to be kind of more impromptu <laughs> than yeah. uh, than uh, what I had planned, and yet I think I enjoyed it more than I ever would have thought. Um, and the fact thank that we're you, just, Tyra. no, thank you. And the fact that we're celebrating together phenomenal women. And um, I, have a, I have a fun poem that I want to share for all of us. Yes, please. Uh, I'm going to read Phenomenal Woman by Maya Angelou. And uh, it begins... Pretty women wonder where my secret lies. I'm not cute or built to suit a fashion model size, but when I start to tell them, they think I'm telling lies. I say, it's the reach of my arms, the span of my hips, the stride of my step, the curl of my lips. I'm a woman, phenomenally, phenomenal woman. That's me. I walk into a room just as cool as you please. And to a man, the fellows stand or fall down on their knees. They swarm around me, a hive of honeybees. I say, it's the fire in my eyes, the flash of my teeth, the swing in my waist, and the joy in my feet. I am a woman, phenomenally. That's me. Men themselves have wondered what they see in me. They try so much, but they can't touch my inner mystery. When I try to show them, they say they still can't see. I say it's the arch in my back, the sun of my smile, the ride of my breast, the grace of my style. I'm a woman, phenomenally. Phenomenal woman, that's me. Now you understand just why my head's not bowed. I don't shout or jump about or have to talk real loud. When you see me passing, I ought to make you proud. I say it's the click of my heels, the bend of my hair, the palm of my hands, the need of my care. Because I'm a woman, phenomenally, phenomenal woman. That's me. Wow. I love that form. I love that form. I do, I do, I do. I do. I especially love the part about us having a little mystery still, Tyra. Yes, 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 yes. And we do, and we do, and we do. I have to remind everybody that you have been listening to Frankly Speaking with Tyra G on Radio Fairfax, Fairfax, Virginia, on your computer, 
or mobile device. And we're webcast worldwide on the internet, www.radiofairfax.org, every Saturday evening at 8 p.m. Don't forget, should you miss us, go to where you listen to your favorite podcasts and key in YouTube on Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Email me at Tyra at TyraGarlington.com. Remember this now. You are worthy of giving and receiving. Believe you are new every moment. New. Your time, your energy, your mind, the people who came into your life, they are gifts and they are infinite. They belong to you and to everyone else. Your seat at this table is guaranteed. I look forward to the next time. Until then, remember what I said. We are stronger than we feel. We are smarter than we think. We are more beautiful than we know. And we are more loved than we can ever imagine. You go and treat yourself like someone you love. Until next time, this is Tyra G. Living Intentionally. Bye now.